Everything depended on my ability to paint for the jury a true picture of what happened the night the Franklins were murdered. Five years of work had all come down to this. My fellow gentlemen of the jury, it will never do to go back to the court and render our verdict this quickly. It will appear as if we were being too hasty. So let's review the most compelling testimony one more time. Mr. Barnwell, why don't you start? Well, that box of knives was an unexpected twist. Mr. O'Neill, you grew up in and around these parts, is that correct? That's right. And having grown up around here, you can easily spot a persimmons tree from all the others. Is that right? Sure can. I am holding in my hand the knife believed to be the accessory to the murder weapon. Have you examined it? I have. Tell me what you found. The blade of that knife shows a stain of a persimmon. And the club that killed the Franklins was cut from a persimmon tree, correct? Yes, sir. In your opinion, could this knife have been used to Objection, cut... Objection, Your Honor. All of all, here's a fair question. You may continue, Celestia. As I was saying, do you believe this knife could have been the one used to cut the branch that became the murder weapon? Yes. Gentlemen of the jury, this knife was found in the pocket of Jeff David. Does it get any more obvious than this? No further questions, Your Honor. Mr. Bennett, you may cross examine. Mr. O'Neill, you testified that you could identify the stain from a persimmons, correct? Yes, sir. But surely any number of tree branches could have caused such a stain. I have cut many a tree branch in my time, and I can tell the persimmons color every time. If it would please the court, I'd like to test the witness's knowledge. Mr. O'Neill, contained in this box are 12 knives. Only one has a stain from a persimmons. The others are from different trees, so you should have no trouble telling the persimmon stain from the others. Each knife has a marking on the back of the handle, so we'll know if your answer is correct. Objection. This is highly unusual, Your Honor. Uh, Your Honor, this is the only way to determine if the testimony from this witness is reliable. Overrule, solicitor. You have my curiosity, counselor. You may proceed. I've never said I could recognize a stain from every kind of tree. But you did assert that you never mistake a stain from a persimmon. So this should be easy for you. Tell the jury which of the knives in this box contains a persimmon stain. How about this one? Do you see a stain on the blade? I do, sir. A slight one. Is it from a persimmon? No, sir. Not at all like a persimmon stain. If it'll please the court. This knife, the one Mr. O'Neill has proclaimed could not be a stain from a persimmons, is, in fact, from a persimmon sapling. It is obvious that Mr. O'Neill is not an expert on persimmon stains that he claimed to be. His testimony should be retracted as evidence. It does appear that Mr. O'Neill's testimony was not reliable, but I'm not certain that it was enough to create reasonable doubt. What did everyone think of Jeff's blood-stained shirt that Solicitor Catherine found? In my hand is the shirt worn by Jeff David on the night of the murder. May I examine that shirt? Of course. From where'd you acquire this article of clothing? It was in the evidence room. Why is it not presented before? It was overlooked. 
I would like the court to take note that there are blood stains on this shirt. Are they human? Of course they are. But you don't actually know that. What else could it be? It could be a... Counselor, stop interrupting prosecutor while he's presenting his evidence. Thank you, sir. I think the jury can make the connection. I'm done, Your Honor. Your turn, Mr. Bonet. Your Honor. I'd like the court to note that the blood stains are located on the back of the shirt. Had the shirt been worn during the murder, the front would be stained with blood. Yet, it is not. Why is that? It's because this is not human blood. It's pig's blood. My client told me that he'd been carrying a hog from market on his back the day of the murders. So this is not evidence at all. This is an attempt to smear my client and nothing more. So let's the Catherine, take your bloody shirt and be ashamed for offering it as evidence. to say old Jeff didn't wear his shirt backwards that night. You know, some of these niggas don't know their heads from their backside. <laughs> <laughs> Gentlemen, please, let's keep our attention to the evidence. Agreed. What about all the footsteps around the Franklin's yard and in the hog pit? Oh, that don't mean anything. It was dark out. Anyone could have stumbled. Mr. Nichols, you went to the Franklin place the morning after the murder, is that correct? Yes, sir. What'd you find there? Well, we found footprints leading from the back door of the Franklin home to where they kept their hogs. How many sets of prints? We found two sets. One large one, one smaller. Now, it looked to me like they slipped into the pan while they was trying to escape. It was nighttime, you know. They should have used their candles. Uh, candles? Uh, yes. There were two expensive candle holders right at the back door of the house. Maybe they were the Franklins. Well, the Franklins wouldn't have spent money on things like that. I reckon it was from whoever broke in. They needed to see in the dock. After you discovered the footprints in the hog pen, what'd you do next? I followed them across the field to the edge of the woods. They must have had a horse tied there because there were hoof prints going off in one direction and footprints going off in the other. Thank you, Mr. Nichols. I have no further questions, Your Honor. Solicitor, you may cross-examine. Mr. Nichols. How long have you known Mr. Benet? A long time. Would you say one year, two, or longer? Longer than that. Do you consider him a friend? I do. And as his friend, you'd help him in any way you could. If you're trying to say that I would... Answer the question. I wouldn't lie for him. But you would help him if you could. Yes. Thank you, Mr. Nichols. I have no further questions. Counselor, you may call your next witness. I'd like to call to the witness stand Captain Frank Fuller. Captain Fuller. You went to the Franklin home the morning after the murders, did you not? I did. Was it at my request? Yes. Would you consider me a close personal friend? I would. We frequently stayed at each other's place, have we not? That's correct. Would you lie to this court in order to help my case? No, sir. We may be friends, but I would not lie to protect you. My faith won't allow it. After the murders, you and I went to the woods near the Franklin's home, did we not? That's correct. And what was the purpose? To find the sapling where the murder weapon had been cut. Did we find it? Sure did. Describe to the court what we found. We followed a path from the Franklin's place to where there was a persimmons tree with multiple blade cuts on one of its branches. Whoever cut the branch had some trouble cutting it off. And why is that? Because when you've only got one arm, you don't get proper leverage. So the markings on the branch prove to you that the club used in the crime was cut by a man who only had one arm? Mm, that's correct. No further questions. Solicitor Cawthorn, you may cross-examine. 
Captain Fola, please explain to the court how you could tell it was cut by a man with only one arm. This seems impossible to me. Impossible to you, but easy for me. When you've only got one arm, like myself, you've got to place the branch on your shoulder for support and cut the limb with your good hand. Then you twist it to break it off. A man with two working arms would never do that. As a one-armed veteran myself, I can relate to your description. You may continue, Solicitor Cotton. I have no further questions, Your Honor. Yeah. Time for closing arguments. Mr. Benet. Gentlemen of the jury, I should like to paint for you, if you will, a full and complete picture of what happened on the night of the murders. Before I do so, I'd like you to first imagine the relationship old Jeff David had to the Franklins. He was devoted to them. He worked for them. And they paid him. He knew where their money was and could have stolen it at any time. Yet he never did. Why? Because he was their friend. The sheriff searched Jeff's cabin and found no evidence of crime. Now, let's examine the facts. You have a one-armed bandit and a desperate need for money. You own a shop in town that sells candles like the ones found at the murder site. The one-armed bandit decides to cut a sapling from a persimmons to use it as a weapon. Then, with an accomplice, he enters the Franklin home. Inside, the accomplice swings the club, striking both George and Drusilla. As the Franklins lie there dying, they ransack their cabin. But that's not the end. Drusilla awakens and startles them, and they strike her again. She falls back on her bed, and this causes them to run off in fright without searching her room. Remember, the trunk with all that cash? It was under her bed. In their haste, they leave behind the candles and plunge into the hog pen. Then, they continue through the field to where their horse is waiting. The one-armed man mounts the horse and rides off. His accomplice runs through the woods towards his home. They think they're safe, but they've forgotten a few things. The candles, the murder weapon, and most of all, the cash. And for doing the right thing, what happens to my client? Rather than being applauded for helping alert authorities to this ghastly crime, he is charged with their murders. Let that sink in for a moment. Now you have heard all the testimony and have seen all the evidence. There's only one course of action before you. Jeff David must be cleared of this crime. Your Honor, members of the jury, to convict a man for a crime he did not commit would be a stain on the good reputation of this court. Gentlemen of the jury, this has been a long and difficult journey, but every step of the way, my client has maintained his innocence. You know in your heart that Jeff David did not commit these murders, and you know for the sake of justice, he must go free. Thank you. Thank you, Your Honor. And thank you, members of the jury. Solicitor Cawthorn. We all know that most murders are committed by those close to you. A one-armed man. Two sets of footprints. I don't buy it for a moment. I know the men who have testified for the prosecution. Captain King, I followed him in the war. He's upstanding and honest. And Tom Arnold, I trust my bank account to him. 
They ain't the kind to put old Jeff in a noose and they hang him. That's a lovely work of fiction by our distinguished defense attorney. Time for justice for the Franklins. Time to convict. Thank you, Your Honor, and members of the jury. Very well, gentlemen. For one final time, let each one of us write on a piece of paper either guilty or not guilty. Mr. Barnwell will act as secretary, and Mr. Morse will collect the ballots in his hat. Hello, Jeff. Hello, Mr. Benet. Do courts always get called this late at night? If the jury's reached a verdict, then yes. Mr. Benet, I just wanted to tell you that I show is grateful for everything you've done for me and my family. Been sitting here in this jail for what seems like forever. Away from my wife, my children's. Kind of hard to sleep not knowing if somebody gonna come in the middle of the night and put a noose around your neck. See, you's a slave, you master property. Every day you feels like a feeble animal gotta do what master say do. Miss Franklin teach that word feeble to me out of one of her books. It mean you weak, can't fight or take care of yourself. Yes, that's right, Jeff. Miss Franklin was gonna teach me how to read one day. She knew she can get in trouble for teaching a slave how to read, so she swore me not to tell a soul, and I didn't. Not even Mary. She told me now that you ain't no slave no more. You needs to know how to read. She said everybody should know how to read. Do you believe that, Mr. Benet? I do, Jeff. I do. Uh, I reckon you don't know how it feels to sit in that courtroom and you can't feel like a man. Having to listen to folk tell lies about you and you can't talk back, can't fight back, feeling right feeble. Having all them white men stare at you with their mind made up, ready to see a nigga hang. Ready to see a nigga swinging from his neck at the end of a rope till his eyes pop out his head and he can't breathe no more. Who gives a damn if he did it? White man say he did it, so the nigga gotta die. Us slaves say all white men the same. If he can't own you, he'll kill you. I used to think that till I met Miss Moss Franklin and you, Mr. Benet. If I had a thousand tongues, I couldn't thank you enough for what you've done for me. Thank you for fighting for me. I know you put yourself and your family in a mighty bad spot. So even as this place, that noose round my neck and that hangman pull that lever, you know I knows I's finally gonna be free. And I can go on to glory knowing that somebody fought for me. And I ain't no feeble. Gentlemen of the jury, have you reached a verdict? We have, Your Honor. Mr. Clark, will you publish said verdict? State of South Carolina against Jeff David, indictment of murder, verdict, not guilty. This is your verdict? So say you all. Yes. Order. Order. I said order. Now, to everyone in this courtroom, I want to state clearly and without hesitation 
that justice has been served. The life of this poor Negro has been spared. The verdict of not guilty is entered into record. Now, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but Jeff Davis, you are a free man. I never thought I'd see this day. Oh, Lord, it's sure gonna bless you for this, Mr. Benet. He's sure enough gonna bless you. Congratulations, Benet. I can't believe you won, but I accept the verdict. Thank you, solicitor. It was a hard-fought battle. I just hope the town does the same. Now, if you'll excuse me. Congratulations, William. I don't think anyone else could have done it. Uh, thank you, Sheriff. Old Jeff is certain to become your lifelong devoted friend. I suppose he will. But I gotta warn you, the town's guaranteed to have a strong lynching spirit once it learns of the verdict. Sheriff, I'm confident you'll settle things down around here. But when it comes to the real killers, you might want to pay a visit to a certain one-armed Confederate soldier who happens to own a candle store in town. Expensive candles. Similar to the ones found outside the Franklin home. Also, he employed a Negro handyman, and they were always arguing over money. Word has it, they visited the Franklins a few days before the murder. I guess you just can't leave this case alone, can you, Benet? Let's just say, that'll be a story for another time. 